You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, and you know that means it's time to get riled up on the Dallas Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle sporting the riled up mug, the official mug of the podcast, <laughs> and the podcast officially brought to you by our friends at SB Nation under the Blogging the Boys umbrella. Riled up on the Cowboys with myself, Roy White, at RW3 on the Twitter, the social media sphere, and my man Tom Ryle at Tom Ryle BTB, who you can reach out to and who is looking rather tan. Uh, now, Tom, <laughs> where have you been? Where did you get this night t- nice tan? And for the Cowboys fans wondering, how did they look in your first experience uh, to Oxnard? Yeah, I got to attend three practices in Oxnard. Beautiful, sunny. You know, it, and it's easy to sit out in the, the gleaming sun when the air temperature is between 70 and 75 degrees in the middle of the day. It was glorious. And more importantly, it was, you smell it. There's oh football in the air, man. Oh it is so good. I'm it, stuffed no, up. And, and I, I mean, to my admittedly not very well-trained eye, I thought they looked good. They looked focused. There were funny things like the, the one day uh, at the end of the practice, uh, you had a uh, Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz were both on the jug machine standing like 10 feet away from them, snagging balls. And like, they just kept going through ball after ball. And they, what they do is they catch it, drop it in a 55 gallon trash can, and then they drag it back and do it again. And I couldn't tell whether this was two guys that were out working with each other and supporting each other and trying to get better or two guys that were determined not to be the first one to break and leave. <laughs> you know, just, just little things like that that you get to see in person that, that make the experience something Plus the incredible camaraderie. Let's say I met, you know, I met Rabble Rouser, uh, an old member of the, the blog, uh, Dan Rogers, Danny Phantom, uh, Landon McCool, who started his podcasting when he was with Blogging the Boys and has now moved on. I met a guy named Tommy Thompson, uh, another guy named Tuck, uh, I think I can't remember his first name, but his name's Tucker, uh, who does his own thing and is very much a Cowboys follower. Uh, I met uh, Yuma Cactus, uh, one of the uh, people that is part of our community. I even got to meet Bill Jones from CBS 11, uh, who was very kind and talked to us for about 15 minutes while he was waiting on a meal. He's like the least well-known of them. You know, for those of us that yeah. are as engaged as we are on social media, right? Like Bill Jones yeah. is probably the, he was the, the lowest name. He was the only he was the only one staying at my hotel. So what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> but 
But yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, and I recommend it. Anybody that wants to go out and just immerse themselves in things, Cowboys, for, uh, you know, a few days where you go and spend three or four hours with getting in there, going through the souvenir shops. Still free practice? And, huh? Still free to attend? Yes, the parking can be expensive, but uh, I think they charge 20 bucks a car to park. But that's awful cheap, especially if you carpool two or three guys. And then it's also nice if, like, one day you happen to be with somebody that has a VIP pass, so you get to not only park, but you park up real close. But it's a it, you're, you're in a, a great place in California. The scenery is pretty spectacular, and, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm glad to hear the Cowboys were looking strong out there, looking spry against one another, right? So it's kind of hard for, you know, as long as they're not looking sloppy, I think we're going to feel pretty good about watching practice. The thing you didn't get to see, though, unfortunately, is kind of the news that has been surrounding the Cowboys for the past two weeks now, which is Dak Prescott's activity. And finally this week, we actually got to see him throwing, according to some uh, videos that we've seen. Now, not gunning it right? Not fully letting himself go, but throwing, you know, medium routes, 15 yarders or so to Amari Cooper as they both kind of rehab their way back into this thing. Doesn't look like Dak is going to be available tomorrow. So that's unfortunate because that essentially means to me, we get one preseason game for Dak Prescott. And if he's only playing one game, is he going to play an entire half? I doubt it right? With the bubble wrap that he's had on him, I think we're maybe going to see a series or two of Dak Prescott, and that will be all we get in the preseason. Is that enough? I Well, I suspect that's all we would have seen if he'd never had a glitch at all. Uh, really? They're just... Yeah, I disagree I with that. I think they yeah. would have played him in this game, game two. I think they would have... Get, maybe not have played him at all in the, in the, in the uh, Hall of Fame game. I think they would have played him in this game played him a series to get you know his beak wet yeah well i i just think most we might have seen during the whole preseason would have been a couple of series uh you know i'm not saying it would have sat him out completely but i think they would have get him in like you said just enough to get out there and if he'd had one good drive that might have been all we'd have seen they said that's all we need shut him down you know and and i can understand the logic behind that now they're talking that he may get to appear in the Texans game, which is apparently going to be their dress rehearsal game. But we still got a little bit more than a week, I guess, for them to find out. I have to look and see what if that's a Thursday night or a Friday night or whatever game against the Texans. But um, would you be we'll concerned? Would wouldn't you be concerned if he doesn't get any time in the preseason before? his first snap being against Tom Brady and the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And quite frankly, a pretty stout defensive line, a very dangerous defensive unit. Not really. That's just, that may be me, but I cocky. cocky, I, I, I think, I think he's, he is so primed. Uh, you know, the the only concern might be that he might overthrow a couple early because he's so pumped up. But uh, I, th I think he'll be ready. To go. One way or another, I don't think we're going to have much problem. Even if he comes out and looks a little bit off at the beginning, I don't think it'll take more than a series for him to settle down and, and look like the Dak Prescott we all need to see. But maybe that's just me being too optimistic about the man. Well, it's okay to be optimistic. Uh, if there's any time to do it, it's now. 
while uh, we still have hope that he'll be back and, and back fully healthy. In the meantime, though, that means we get a very healthy dose of the backup quarterbacks and how that yeah. situation is playing out. Before we get to kind of what you would like to see from the Cowboys in their dress rehearsal, did you have any thoughts about the game? Because you and I have not really gotten to express any opinions about what we saw last Thursday. Anything that stuck out to you that you wanted to get to before we get to what we would like to see in this upcoming game tomorrow night? Micah Parsons is going to be a star in the league. Um, I think they've got good depth uh, at receiver, even though some of the passing to them wasn't as good as we would like to have had. And I think there's some very positive developments that we'll get into about what to watch for in the coming game too, along in the defense besides Parsons. And I also think that the secondary is looking a little bit better. Yeah, they, they weren't great, but if you go back and look at the statistics, uh, the Cowboys outgained uh, the Steelers quite significantly. Uh, they were doing more offensively, uh, but we'll talk about some of the problems that we need to see corrected in that arena too. Well, I, uh, if I had to say, you know, anything stuck out in particular, I would say that I'm, you know, I'm officially done with one cowboy in particular. I know that he is on your list of guys you'd like to see. I'm good. I don't need to see anything else from him. I think I've already yeah. made up my mind on uh, where he stands on this football team. And I wish the team would make up their mind because the longer they take to ultimately, you know, figure that situation out, perhaps they're still evaluating it but as long as they take to figure that situation out it's only going to make it a little bit more difficult and the options that you have to bring yourself a, a reasonable solution they are going yeah. to dwindle uh so uh, with well, that go ahead yeah why don't we jump in and let's get to the list of things that i came up with that yeah. I want to see in this game let's start that right there um because tom has prepared a list of the five things that he would like to see the Cowboys either build upon or improve upon in this game on Friday night. And I think at the top of the list is what we're alluding to. What is going to become of the backup quarterback situation? Well, um, yeah, to me, I put it down as we need to find out what they really have in Ben Benucci. And like you said, you think, you know, uh, I'm done. kind of like, I yeah, don't know I what you would see. Yeah, I kind of suspect as much, uh, but they need to – to me, it's a matter. Is he stuck where he is? Is he going to look like this? Because I think we're going to see a lot of him in the second half of all the remaining games uh, unless they decide that they just don't want to see him play anymore and maybe you're thinking about moving on. Or we need to see something really turn around and the light come on, and I'm kind of like you. I'm not even sure that light is plugged in. Um, uh, I am not, maybe I'm just putting too much weight on it, but I hate the idea of even using a practice squad spot for a player whose only real value is on the scout team because David Hellman has talked about how he's really good. He can be a mobile quarterback. It can be a pocket passer, all that, blah, 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 for them to practice again. Yeah, I want a quarterback there that can also be an emergency fallback if you need it, who already knows the playbooks. So you don't have to bring in somebody like they did with Garrett Gilbert and then not have him ready. Uh, I think we might have seen something from Gilbert 
if he had been put in in place of Danucci, even being fresh off the, the plane and just throwing him out there uh, in the game that Danucci got just massacred in. Uh, I, yeah, I want to see them decide it, what they've got. And like I said, if there's not any more there than we've been seeing, I kind of hope they go another direction, either try to get Cooper Rush on the practice squad, because if I understand the rules correctly, they still can put a few veterans on there. And I would rather have Rush as my emergency backup, because consider the fact that we're not just worried about what do we do about if something happens to Dak. Kellen Moore got, you know, his career ended on a practice injury. Garrett Gilbert could suddenly go down and you don't have a QB too. So you have to pull the guy up from your practice squad. Who would you feel better about rush or Danucci? I know that I would feel better with rush coming in there. I wouldn't feel great, yeah, but I would not be as nauseous as if it was Danucci. And I, and I'm sorry, we can be kind of harsh. Danucci's out there trying hard. He's playing his heart out. I just, Oh, his shadow puppets are kick ass. Yeah, I just, I just am not, I'm just not ready to see him as somebody you might have to rely on. I'm not comfortable with that. Uh, he may be a great guy and all that, but I just am not sure I want to see him out on the field. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. And I have seen enough. I mean, they can decide all they want. I, I have no problem with him playing an entire half because they need a warm body back there that they're not concerned at all about going down with injury, right? If we lost Ben Danucci tomorrow, I don't think anybody's complaining. Uh, to your question, you know, I'm not feeling good, not feeling great about Cooper Rush, not feeling good about Cooper Rush. But I do feel confident that Cooper Rush has been here long enough that he probably knows the playbook a little bit better than Ben Danucci and might be able to put guys in a slightly better position to allow them to have an opportunity to win a football game were he ever put in that position. Ben Danucci, no, no. I, yeah. I've had enough. I've seen enough. Um, yeah, whether or not he makes it to the practice squad won't budge my needle on him one bit. Uh, I've, I've seen enough and I'm surprised they haven't either. I think the only reason he's still around is because they actually, you know, I don't know, invested something in him, right? They yeah. invested a yeah. draft pick in him. And it's a seventh round pick. You ought to be willing to throw those away if they don't pan out. Every other position you do down. it in, in an instant, right? But yeah. for some and, reason, and like quarterback, there's a pride thing. And what's maybe more likely is if if they are are not going to keep the nooch around, they may not. Rather than go with rush, they're probably going to look at the waiver wire, bring somebody in. Uh, don't know exactly if they get him on the practice squad or whatever, but get somebody in that can learn the system and then figure out how they're going to sort everything out. Yeah. Well, and that's why uh, I say they shouldn't wait on that. Like if you know he's not yeah. going to be the guy, he's not going to be the guy in two weeks either. So, yeah. but you might have to wait. Give him a. A jump start. You on might have to wait. Play. You might have to wait till the final cutdowns to know who you really want to sign, though. Too well. Hell, I'd I'd go get Blake Bortles right now. Even still, mm, you mentioned yeah. RG three. You mentioned RG three. I know he's got a studio gig for college football, but I'm sure he would be willing to come out of it. And and he has a clause, I believe, in the contract. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, again, so like out. emergency quarterback, practice squatter. Now, would he take that step? I'm not sure, but it's a conversation worth having. It's a call worth making. Yeah. Uh, on it may to be a better gamble. For okay. the items that you want to see take place in tomorrow night's game. Well, and it ties kind of back into the quarterbacks. We need to see a touchdown. That was so frustrating. And it was like a little bit of PTSD flashback that they drove in, I think, three times. They got close enough to at least try a field goal, but they couldn't score a touchdown, uh, and they only converted one of the field goals. Because they couldn't score a field they, goal either. Yeah, because they don't have uh, Greg Zerline. They've got Hunter Niswander out there, which uh, I don't know what's going to happen to him. I think if they go out there and have him kicking field goals and doing kickoffs, I have put – in one of my articles that I wonder if they're not thinking about keeping this wonder as the punter and having him handle kickoff duties. Cause he was kicking a pretty good kickoff. The two kickoffs he had mm-hmm. uh, were well into the end zone. Okay. So maybe he could save Zerline the chance of hurting his leg on a kickoff and uh, also be your emergency backup place kicker and your punter. And uh then Zerline would hopefully be healthy and score the field goals we need to do them. But we need to see this team get, get a touchdown. And ideally, they want to have it one of them with Garrett Gilbert. You know, it would be nice to see him score three or four of them in the upcoming game against the Arizona Cardinals tomorrow. But somebody get them into the end zone. Somebody get them across the line. Somebody get them off the schneid. Let's see them score a touchdown and not have to keep settling for the Jason Garrett. Let's get three points out of it. If, it. if it comes in the form of a defensive touchdown, will you be satisfied? Not as much, but it beats nothing. But Agreed. Since it's, you better than, that, it's better than nothing. And quite <laughs> honestly, like I, that would give us a reason to get hype about the defense, which did look good against you know a Steelers team that had some talent. Right. Najee Harris was running in the backfield for a, a short amount of time. And, um, you know, yeah. he, they were using a lot of their better wide receivers. Chase Claypool, before he got hurt, uh, was out there for a good amount of time as well. So, but, but before you start talking about the touchdowns, <clears throat> let's set another goal for the defense. Let's get a pick off of somebody else's quarterbacks. Mm. Uh, now, in the scrimmage, they did get an interception against the Rams, as you would call. But let's see one in the preseason games. Uh, let's see a couple. Let's maybe see one run back for a score. <clears throat> They've got Nashawn Rod has having a good camp. Trayvon Diggs is having a good camp. Maurice Kennedy is having a great camp. He seems to be out there almost every game picking off somebody. Micah Parsons is having a great camp. And I would love to see him get the ball on an interception and see what he does running it back. I think he would, might level a couple of people. Uh, and there's others. Those are not the only people that have had picks. I, I want to see him do it in the preseason game situation because, once again, just like getting a touchdown for the offense 
getting a pick for the for the defense, I think, is a big boost to their confidence and something that can kind of, you know, keep them from getting any kind of middle block about things. So yeah. I would kind of like to see that. Well, and on that front, you know, how is the secondary going to do with extended playing time, I would imagine, for many of these young players? Uh, will we see Malik Hooker in this game and finally make his Cowboys debut? Still might be a little early there. Uh, yeah, I think might... we I think I think we might see him in the uh, third or maybe the fourth preseason game. I don't think there are any rush with him. I think they fully intend to have him on the roster uh, as as a safety. And they they're just going to bring him along. So they, the, the if you haven't noticed, the watchword with everybody is caution <laughs> as far as bringing them back, you know. I don't know. I don't think we're going to see Omari Cooper this game tomorrow, uh, nope. but I think we'll see him before the preseason is up. They might get him out there or they might not. They might just, you know, he, they might treat him like Ezekiel Elliott. Remember Ezekiel Elliott has gone entire preseasons without taking the field in a single game. They may look at him as that level of talent. What do they need from him? And he works with uh, Dak a lot. You know, we saw that was who the, because of both of them were coming off of trying to recover. They were working together. I don't think we have any concerns about their timing and Cooper's route running is just going to be there no matter what. No question about it. Uh, well, yeah, maybe a little question about it, just because if we don't see him at all, then, yeah. you know, I would just be apprehensive about that. And I, I don't know how you would not be right. I understand the people, and even when it comes to Dak Prescott's injury, right? I get the calm, right? I understand it. And if it is what they say it is, then you're right. There's no reason to potentially be alarmed. But they've not always been forthcoming about that. For example, the team never announced that Dak Prescott had a second surgery on his ankle, even though – Several media members did get a hold of that, and that news eventually leaked out before he said it on Hard Knocks the other night. With that yeah. being said, they have many, many times been less than forthcoming about injuries. So forgive me yeah. and- for being a little skeptical when it comes to Amari Cooper's, but we are talking about an injury that has now kept the guy out for almost six months. And yeah. were I in the best shape of my life i would expect myself to be out practicing when the opportunity arose right yeah. no matter how well, good the, you are the players want to practice they're being told just like press dak was told okay you can't go out and throw yep. anymore before he had the injury they had him they said they decided they worked him too hard and they really uh, shut shut him down and he was not happy Micah Parsons was begging Dan Quinn to go back out and get a few more plays in the uh, Hall of Fame game and, and so this is the coaching staff which you know what do we need to see from the coaching staff and that's where my next point is the Cowboys have a preseason game under their belt they have a head start on the rest of the league uh they got to start training camp early to get ready for the Hall of Fame game. So I expect they should come out and look better and crisper and more competent and, and just outplay the Arizona Cardinals. That would indicate the coaches know what they're doing. 
if that doesn't happen, if they get outplayed by the cards, I think we've got some real questions to ask about what, what is up with the coaching staff and whether they are on the right track. Now, I did notice in training camp that it's a very different thing than we had seen in the prior regime. You did not see one-on-one competes. That just wasn't going on. It was all they would break up, go through their group drills, and go through all this working on fundamentals and technique. And Dan Quinn was out there, and a lot of the other coaches were out there doing some hands-on coaching, really getting people to focus on that. And then it was all situational work. It was all, okay, you know, McCarthy would call out, it's, it's, it's second and seven, you know, three minutes to go. You, and, and they would pl- they were doing off of that. And he would reset and give them a different down and distance situation every time. It wasn't based on the result of the previous play. It was based on what he wanted to see them do. Now, how many of those thought- were mojo moments? Yeah, well, he had, I, we didn't know about the mojo bonus, so I don't know how many of them were, but maybe that was the whole thing. Maybe that was his whole mojo stuff that he was doing with that. Um, he was really, uh, really focused on situational football, which he said he was going to do, and he carried through on that. Now we're going to find out, does that work? So I'm really interested to see how the team responds and how good a job the coaches did in capitalizing on this extra uh, practice time, the extra playing time they've had, uh, it really should pay off. uh, And the team needs to make sure it happens. Yeah. I fear just for myself that I'm very skeptical. I'm like very cautious in the way that I evaluate the coaching impact in the preseason, because on the, like in the regular season, they're dealing with the they have the best chips available right they've got the best toys available they've assume you know hand picked those toys in the positions that they want them to be in right they've selected all the chess pieces so at that point right i'm fully engaged and ready to make determinations about their coaching ability even though that's probably still overstepping my capabilities quite frankly in the preseason you know i don't know how much i will hold uh, you know mike mccarthy or even the coaching staff accountable outside of you know clock management things like to me that's where and it's it's little right it's subtle but that's where like within the two minute drill are they keeping the offense like moving consistently are they using timeouts in an equitable way and not just yeah, that, like throwing them away right early on because well, that, that, maybe the quarterback couldn't relay the play or something to that yeah. effect. Like those communication things, I think more than anything are the yeah. things that I look for more so than necessarily, you know, what type of results they get. If the Cardinals look better than the Cowboys because their backups are better than the Cowboys, then I'm going to be okay with that. Well, you're talking about the kind of things I'm, I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some hope for it because the Hall of Fame game was very good in penalties. There were very few penalties assessed in yeah. that game, which is not the way it usually happens. That's usually a and very no taunting penalties. Game. No, no new taunting uh, penalties. Thank God. Oh, don't please don't get me started on the new taunting rules. <laughs> That's not the subject for tonight. We're going to push that aside. Okay. <laughs> now, 
The last thing I wanted to bring up was there was something that happened in the Hall of Fame game that I'm very interested to see if it continues because I, I, it will kind of excite me if it does. One of the few things you could pick up statistically from a game like that, especially given what the preseason is all about, is who's getting the snap counts, who's out there getting the work, who are they looking at really hard, and who are they trying to bring along and have ready for the season. And defense, of course, is the really big question that we have after last year because we all still believe that Dak is going to be good, that he's got a lot of tools, and this offensive line should be a lot better than it was. So we're still worried about the unknown of the defense because they got the new coordinator and all that stuff. I looked at who the top uh, three snap, three guys in getting snap counts, who is on the field for the most part. Rookie defensive tackle Osa Adigizua got 85% of the defensive snaps. So he was basically out there the entire game. Rondell Carter, defensive end, got 80%. And my boy, nose tackle Quentin Bahana, was number three at 76%. Oh, the Tomcat. Oh, yeah. And Bohana and Odigizua look pretty good together. Uh, and I'm you know, basing this not on not just on what I saw, but some other people remarked on this. Uh, I think what Carter showed was that they're they've got a you know they still got Demarcus Lawrence out, and Bradley and I is for some reason still coming along slowly. Although it looks like we might be seeing a little bit more from him going forward, but it looks like Carter may be getting a really good shot at uh, getting a backup uh, role in the uh, as defensive end. Uh, Odigizua, of course, this is an investment in their number three, their third overall draft pick, the third rounder. Uh, and they're bringing him along, and it looks like it's paying off. But the fact that they were relying on uh, Bohana so much as the nose tackle that they were actually using him out there, you know, he wasn't just taking up space either. He had three tackles. You don't often see those interior defensive linemen with a lot of stats, three tackles is a pretty good uh, production for a guy out there on, you know, 75% of the place. But more importantly, if you looked at what happened overall in the game, uh, it kind of got lost that the Steelers only had 76 yards on 30 attempts, and that's 2.5 yards a carry. That is outstanding, given what we saw from the run defense last year. Uh, the Cowboys were over five yards a carry. Uh, in that game. Uh, they actually did better both passing and running. They just couldn't get in and score and kind of, you know, set the, set the Steelers up. It was just, you know, I don't want to go too much into that. I'm just excited to see going forward. Are they going to keep working the players, particularly Diggy and Bohana? I would love to see that because if that mean if that is true, I think it means that the interior of the defensive line is going to be much better. Uh, I think Gallimore is a little bit nicked up, but we should be, you know, he should be in good shape. Uh, I think he's going to be kind of the foundation for the line. I don't think they've got any questions about Brent Urban. So if they've got those other two guys coming along behind them, uh, yeah, gimme, gimme, gimme. I want to see some more of that. Yeah, the three guys we for sure know are on Mike McCarthy's hot seat right now. Charlie F. Around, High School Harry, and now I think Tristan Hill. 
may also be on that <laughs> list. If he doesn't get his ass back and playing, um, he could wind up without a job uh, with the Dallas Cowboys yeah. here pretty soon. And that's kind of crazy to say, considering how he kind of came along at the end of the season last year. And, you know, a lot of people were having expectations for Tristan Hill coming into this year as being a you guy. Mean the beginning make- of beginning of last year he finished up on IR I believe yeah I'm sorry the begin there was a portion there at the beginning where people were very excited about him and now you know finishing up on IR and then not being ready to go in the preseason his clock is ticking he is kind of I think I I think he's on pup at this he he, I don't think he comes off a pup well and that you know the cowboy um cowboy's probably going to take advantage of that new rule that the NFL announced that is an unlimited an unlimited number of players this season can return from the IR from the injured reserve. Yeah, First they got time one, in NFL got, history. That is a valuable piece that teams are going still, to use to stash guys. And it's still three weeks yes. on IR. That which is which I think. I mean, I I can't understand why they keep these rules that that, that were created years and years and years ago for different reasons. Uh, yeah, some guys you just need to sit down and get some medical care to, but you don't need to have them sit out for six or eight weeks. They just need three or four weeks. And so I think that it just makes all the sense when you've got all this money invested. You want to get your best players out there. You want the best product on the field for revenue. You know, you don't want a bunch of bad games because you don't have your best players available. So all this stuff just seems logical. I can't understand why they wouldn't have done this. And besides which, you know, if you're talking about the whole money thing, why would you want to have these high dollar players sitting on IR when you can get them back on the field and have them replace some, you know, guy that's probably playing for a minimum that you had to, to sign for a few weeks. You know, it just, everything about the new rules makes sense. And I hope they're going to be permanent. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, everything about the new rules makes sense except for the taunting. Oh, yeah, you yeah. can't stand it. Again, we'll save that one for another pod. But that's what we got for uh, the Riled Up podcast here for you on a Thursday, getting you ready for Friday night football for the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Arizona Cardinals preseason game two. Unfortunately, no Dak Prescott, but that means a healthy dose of Garrett Gilbert. What do you want to see, right? Hit us up at blogging the boys uh, on Twitter. You can also comment on the article that Tom has written and hit us up on Twitter at RW3 at Tom Ryle BTB. What are you most looking forward to seeing from the Dallas Cowboys? What questions do they need to answer for you? And uh, you know, what would you just like to see to, to get your jollies off. I understand that as well. And we are more than happy to respond to those types of uh, res- requests as well. But for Tom at Tom Ryle BTB, I'm Roy at RW3 on Twitter. Hit us up. Blogging the Boys podcast powered by SB Nation. It is riled up here on a Thursday. Peace. <laughs>